Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, it's the best of the Toms from Monkey Tennis here. Thanks for coming back for part three of our Nomad Deep Dive. This week sees us cover chapters three and four with hilarious consequences, naturally. Let's delay this no longer and get stuck into the chat. Lovely stuff. I must complete the journey that my father never could. I must do it on foot. Can't remember why. It will be called The Footsteps of My Father Walk. My home isn't insulated. Monkey Tennis? Heathrow is just an absolute tit of an airport. Quite simply, cows. Monkey Tennis? With a stupid Ewok head. Lava on him, Nolsey. Love you, Aim. Monkey Tennis? A total wazzock of a guy. Infinity, the final frontier. Monkey Tennis? We will talk about it now, Mr. Nichols. Monkey Tennis? Motherfucker. Gary Wilmot. Okay. Sue Cook. Okay. Dale Winton. Okay. Monkey Tennis? Oh, fuck off, Nick. Uh, so, chapter three, shirt back on now. What, what a title. I thought. <laughs> do, it's... do you not want to mention, uh, like, a gynecologist bellowing into a woman? <laughs> oh, yes, there is that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, fine, we'll move on to chapter that, three. That's holding shouts into letterboxes. Um, yes, I thought, what a title. Usually titles like shirt back on now uh, in books add a bit of mystery. You think, how will this phrase come to be relevant? But uh, there it is in the first sentence. Okay, Alan, you can pop your shirt back on now. Uh, with, <laughs> There's no big reveal, is no, there? With his GP, Dr. Tony Bracegirdle, or Doc, as he's known, on our pub quiz team Cromwell's Bitches now as I was reading this uh, a local a local pub quiz to me put the uh, the results of their league up and there was a team called Cromwell's Bitches really? which really? must have come Brilliant. from this Amazing. Um, so yeah he describes the doctor as uh, a man who once spent 10 hours in a John Lewis choosing a sound bar for his TV can I, can I add my note here was 
Nick would do that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I've got a uh, Nick reference later on in this chapter Great. as well. I mean, I've got a soundbar. It's just in my dad's loft and has been for about a year. <laughs> how long did? How many hours did you spend choosing it? Uh, don't think I, no, no, I knew what I was getting. You've let yourself o- down. Always buy Sonos. <laughs> You um, just had to say that. <laughs> so his doctor's told him that he's basically not in good condition and he's using that as a bit of, for a bit of a drama that he may not be able to complete. Yeah, you're not walk. a fit man, Alan. Uh, the news hits him like a clap, brackets of thunder, um, and uh, he thought he was in reasonable shape because a retired headmistress he once briefly dated, so, which means it can fit neatly into the uh, Partridge timeline, said, I had the BMI and muscle definition of a man five-sixths my age, so that must be approximately ten years younger. Uh, I also thought, if she's a retired headmistress, how old is she? <laughs> she must be pushing 70. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little tiny detail that I think is worth pulling out, which uh, I really liked when Alan talks about what it was like at the uh, the retired teacher's house. Um Standing there in the flickering light of a portable TV, which is a little dig at teachers like they can only afford portable TVs. Yeah, our <laughs> teachers really come for it as well. Yeah, like yeah. They really, really uh, do cop it. Oh, well. they do later, yeah. 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 Another of Alan's lovely acronyms here, where he says he needs to get himself into uh, quite superb physical condition, QSPC, um, which does roll off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he last achieved it as a teenager in the mid-1970s, um, when he became one of the first children in Norfolk to take up an exciting avant-garde art form called Irish dancing. Now that's referenced in I Partridge, the Irish dancing, and I think I remember Nick pointing out that it was a real shame that we never got to see Alan doing any Irish dancing in any of the TV output. Still yeah, keen, still keen to see. Definitely would. would and be keen to. They're see. obviously making it a thing about the character, so it'd be nice to see. A... Ties into flatly, my dear. I don't river dance as uh, well. Yes, yeah. 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 Uh, I like that he claims he used to wow the girls by walking the entire way to school in just four gulps of air. <laughs> Hold, holding his breath became an absolute pleasure. <laughs> A stunning achievement. <laughs> he says he was always flattered by the celebratory hail of stones that would rain down on me at the end of <laughs> yeah, a wrench. That's I mean, brilliant. That's, come on. Yeah. That, that's, that's a bit silly. But that, that's when he's talking about whistling, isn't it? Saying whistling was the rap music of its day. Oh, yes. And that no other children uh, were on nodding terms with the basic musical staples of a military funeral, which is probably why so many of his former classmates are now on zero hour contracts. <laughs> Fast forward to the present day. Got there yet? <laughs> a brilliant opening there. Um, and uh, yes, he says that uh, having spoken to his doctor isn't hard to read between the lines. Uh, I thought, mm, maybe maybe he has a bit. Um, he's claiming that the he needs to get into a QSPC in the next two weeks or the walk will surely kill him. <laughs> yeah. Is he really... Do you think he's hamming up his um, like physical uh, state or not? Because I, yeah. I didn't expect him to, um, to to kind of get that news from Docky Brace Girdle. I'm not sure he is because surely he would want to... He would want the reader to know that he was, you know, yeah, in great condition. Exactly. He wouldn't talk about it unless... I don't know. I don't know why you're he not trying it's... to. Add, he's trying to just add an extra element of peril that isn't really there. I don't know. Yeah. So what, the, the medical advice is: don't do it. You're not fit enough. But it just seems odd because he's not that's... fit enough to walk. Well, but it just seems. Uh, I understand why they're doing it, but the knock-on effect of that is that Alan's basically crippled by obesity or just a poor heart or something. That's <laughs> but he has got a fat back. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't true. think he's given the doctor the schedule. I think he's hyped up to the doctor the rate at which he's got to do this 160 mile walk. Right. And the doctor said, well, you're actually not in great condition. You should probably do some exercise yeah, first. And then he's, hammed, he's hammed it up to be like, whoa, yeah, whoa, you, you will, yeah, you will you die. Will die. You yeah. will die if you do this. <laughs> um, to be fair, he does say since 2010, my buttocks have become increasingly, my buttocks have become increasingly slack and gelatinous. Yeah. <laughs> he does take a photo of yeah. at the start of each financial year <laughs> for his own records um, the point he's trying to make is this while I may not be a meathead like Ben Fogel or Dan Snow who he obviously slags off again in this time uh, yeah. I do keep myself in pretty decent nick 
um, and, uh, and tries to develop. Oh, and he does, he, he no need to spend his training time as he knows Dan does trying to develop pecs as big as tits. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's then a massive footnote about, uh, Ben Snow, uh, sorry, uh, Dan Snowgall. Snow, Dan Snow and Ben Fogel or Snowgall. Yeah. Uh, and them reducing other presenters to tears in the BBC gym. I like the way that in, in the APU and kind of in, in this Gibbons, in the Gibbons era, they've kind of identified the targets, like the the kind of celebs or even like the crap mm. celebs that Alan dislikes, and they're they're consistent throughout the universe after that point. And it's it's my understanding that their sort of fictionalization of mm. real people, they basically felt like they could get away with it because who's going to sue Alan Partridge? Yeah, it makes you look petty and stupid, doesn't it, to sue? The yeah, so like Alan. if Noel Edmonds tried to sue about the Edmonds chapter, they'd be like, "You're you look real. like a wazzock." Yeah. 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 Um, so so Edmunds basically just has to take an absolute pounding <laughs> without any like risk of comeback. I guess yeah. I think you probably your, Yeah, your character can be like pulled through the mud essentially and there's nothing you can do about and it. And knowing how litigious Edmunds is, I'm quite surprised yeah. that effectively he would let 10% of this book slagging him <laughs> off go un- unchallenged. Um, a couple of little bits over the coming pages. Alan says he's a committed animal liker. Hashtag animals, he throws in there uh, into a, a, a printed book. I say there, there are, in, in this chapter, I, I did start nice thing there are a couple of short quite quick one word jokes so things like hashtag animals and i think he says kenyish in yep. this chapter yeah i think those are the sort of things i think they really they work best in the audiobook i think and there's some nice throwaway theories as well i won't go into too much detail but basically he believes that pheasants are too sad to live <laughs> <laughs> and uh, keeps trying to prove his natural flair for geography by just throwing in facts that the reader is not expecting didn't ask for karachi has a population of 9.3 million uh, <laughs> the capital of azerbaijan is baku etc et yeah et that's wikipedia abs- really yeah, is a great resource isn't it like david brent behavior in the office when he's uh, uh showing off his dostoevsky knowledge yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, some and, and some wonderful just little tidbits about his life like he likes to play chiropodists off against each other because he <laughs> believes his feet deserve the best care at the best possible price uh, next up he's uh, starting his training regime with a plum at the local swimming baths uh, once again using some literary uh, wizardry wallop a man's body smashes into the water a billion tiny air bubbles fizzing around it like a nagging ex-wife <laughs> Carol reference um, ping the lids of his eyes pop open but the balls of his eyes his eyeballs make a shocking discovery why the hell is he naked um <laughs> the pain suddenly he's clawing at his peepers well of course he is there's acid in the water uh, and then he basically patronises the reader saying stop take a breath it's going to be okay it's it's just an immediate writing style that I'm yeah. trying out I mean it's the same one he used when there were four minutes to save East Anglia earlier on as well isn't it um, reader, re- research shows that a lot of my readers went to polytechnics he says um, so he switched yeah. into powerful high octane prose don't worry there's even more patronising uh, behaviour later when he tries to explain what an intonation is so uh, more of that to come well, I would have to say I have definitely experienced a massive hit of pure adrenaline listening to that writing style (laughs) (laughs) and so yeah he was describing nothing more than than a trip to the local swimming pool the passage told the story of a man alan partridge or me diving in (laughs) and feeling the perfectly innocent sting of chlorine in his slash my eyes um so yeah but then he tries it again um basically he he then writes whoosh swell tumble turn uh, effectively he fails a tumble turn that's what happens in that <laughs> passage um uh, the bit that i like in this section in the footnote again is um where he's talking about the perfectly innocent sting of chlorine in his 
in his slash my eyes. The footnote goes on to say, no, I was using something called artistic license, which is a literary term for lying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. For authors such as myself, it can be a real boon, allowing us to make up anything we want and never be challenged. <laughs> See the chapter about Edmonds. Yeah, and and there, there's a lot of great stuff about that where they really just mock literary tropes, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and him basically writing a book about the process of writing a book, like yeah. this next passage where he says, the point is, when your publisher tells you to skip yeah. the training section because it only works on film and is boring in prose, it's not hard to make them eat those words and prove once and for all that they don't know what they're on about and should maybe pipe down in the future. <laughs> He's definitely proved it. Uh, why am I in a swimming pool? Oh, this is brilliant. B- yeah. Before we get into this bit, yeah, let's remember, yeah, let's remember the key. thrust of this book is a 160 mile walk. Why am I in a swimming pool? Well, I don't like walking because walking is boring and also I have two cars. <laughs> on page 44 of a book about a walking journey. Yeah. Chapter three, he hates walking. Yeah. Uh, it's probably time to talk about quaddy, isn't it? Yeah. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So, Alan, I mean, much of this book, he, he claims so much of it, you know, inverted commas claims he's had a, 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 ri- a life rich in aquatic activity. True. I didn't enter a swimming pool at all between the ages of six and 11 because I became scared of an imaginary water monster called Quaddy. So... What do we think Quaddy is? <laughs> well, according to Urban Dictionary, it's a quadruple amputee. But I don't, I don't think that's what Alan's referring <laughs> to. That's not what he was imagining. No, I don't struggle swimming for a start. Uh, I mean, is questions in a group, is anybody kind of scared of bodies of water at all? Like, is, I no, mean, I love I, a swim I, in a I, pool I, I love or a sea. Swim, learned say, to swim yeah. very young. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah love yeah. the sea. No we all like water. Do, do we? Yeah. Seawater? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a bit of a thing for it. So... I don't like sea monsters. Right, okay. So, right, so yeah, but when you, you say sea monsters, you mean like crabs. You mean a fish. Yeah, an octopus and jellyfish. Ooh. So is Quaddy an amalgamation of all of those things in yeah, your Yeah, I think I have um, a similar feeling to Alan that there is something in the water that will get me because I am basically a bacon sandwich in <laughs> swimming shorts and things will peck and eat. Now, see, so you always say this, like they always want to nibble you, but I don't, like they don't. Has that, <laughs> has that ever happened? Uh, the only thing that might want to eat ooh. you is a shark. 
might and they hardly ever they, they hardly ever kill and I'm humans not, I'm not going out that deep into the water exactly. to speak so about they're sharks not, they're not going to nibble you no but smile you son of a bitch there might be something <laughs> under the water that sees me coming in like what? a quaddy like a quaddy like so a quaddy. in your mind what does quaddy look like, like I really want to get into this quaddy looks like and Jeddle Jeddle like this uh, the um, creature in basket case that's what quaddy looks like uh, okay, okay. Bilal Bilal I, yeah, I was yeah. thinking more something like the creature from the Black Lagoon something like that you know no 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 it's, it's a little like it. claw like monster right, like okay. the thing in basket case when I read Quaddy, I immediately uh, got images of old Greg from the Mighty Boosh. <laughs> That's what That's I'm going with. That's also good. Yeah. 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 Uh, if any listeners would like to uh, sketch their interpretations of Quaddy, yes. yes, and uh, email them into the partridgepod at gmail.com, we'll certainly uh, do a Tony Hart style uh, roundup of, of your best <laughs> yep. pictures. Yep. Or, or send us your Quaddies. Or yep. post them on socials and tag us on, yeah, on yeah. that, and we, we'll share them. Gladly share them. Absolutely. Particularly uh, because it will terrify Nick. <laughs> If you Creatures could, if from you the could, deep. If you Tag could, Nick. Yeah, no, no, I was going to say, you could do a drawing of Quaddy, perhaps nibbling on Nick. Yes. yes. Attacking yes. Nick. Yeah. <laughs> People won't know what I look like. Just, oh. just draw a handsome man. Just <laughs> I mean, a handsome man in that, swim but shorts. That would be very uh, misrepresentative. Just a handsome man so. in swim shorts being savaged by a, a sea Quaddy. <laughs> So, um, yes, Alan, uh, Alan gets up at, well, he initially gets up at six and then he realizes the leisure center doesn't open <laughs> until seven. So he changes his, uh, his training time to seven, uh, and then his alarm set for five. So he sits snooze every 10 minutes until just before seven, which I calculate is 11 snoozes. Right. Oh, uh, it's I, never snoozing as well. I'm just, not a snooze. Oh no, no, just get up. I did a bit of a uh, crunching on the numbers here. So he says that he does swimming two hours a day from seven till nine, right? So mid morning matters begins at, 10 i think is what we what we understand yep. um now getting going back into welcome to the places of my life when you've got him driving around norwich and um the map all the maps and stuff he actually says the leisure center is 2.2 miles away from north 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 norfolk digital north norfolk's best, best music mix. mix um so it I, what i quite like about this and it's quite a subtle gag that is not necessarily intentional but if he's leaving the swimming pool at nine he's got over two miles to drive to get to the station his show starts at 10 it's doable he can definitely make it in time but that what that does mean is there's definitely zero prep time for his show and which we've always said about alan he definitely doesn't prepare his radio so his yeah, radio so no shows from normal and then. that that's de- so that really holds up i like that yeah, yeah. Um, and also he's obviously tried to attack this training regime by getting up too early and that's why he now finds often finds himself asleep in the water <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he ends up being lapped by a pensioner who comes to play quite a big part in this story, Dawn. She calls herself Dawn and is indeed called Dawn. <laughs> uh, another question, similar with uh, with uh, Harvey Kennedy. Who would who do you think would play uh, Dawn in a filmed version of No Man's? Dame, Judy, Dench. Yes. You're going Dench. Get yeah, Dench I've back. Gone Dench. Yeah. Go down that Philomena route. Yeah. Nice. She needs, Any to be, on she, it needs to be someone that can play a retired dinner lady. I my mind immediately went to I can't think of her name. Is it Patricia Highsmith? Is that her uh, name? Patricia Rutledge from Keeping Up Appearances? Yes, yes. Highsmith bouquet. That's yes. what my mind. My Sadly, mind I think her acting years behind her, but certainly in her heyday, she'd have been yep. a formidable dawn. Um, can I also just throw in a wild card, Andy Circus, to play the part of Quaddy? <laughs> yes, sold. <laughs> That's commissioned. <laughs> um, so yes, Dawn is here to keep fit, or as fit as a pensioner can realistically be uh and alan effectively over the coming pages uh imagines a huge rivalry similar to that with tesco life of pat bevan when he's mm. behind the che- mm. tesco checkout in uh scissor dial um <laughs> she clearly is just uh you know a happy-go-lucky pensioner just minding her own business but he's he's built this into an he intense rivalry. rivalry that basically doesn't exist she's barely aware of him do you think that actually his training regime would have fallen by the wayside if he didn't feel like he had someone to compete against i think that's he needs yeah, probably 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he says uh, he, he's going to challenge her to a race. The race will be two lengths of the pool, and he will beat her comfortably, ripping her to use a piece of modern day parlance that I personally find deeply unpleasant. A new asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to say it, did he? No. Didn't have to say it. Um, so yeah, I mean, over the next few pages, he's basically he's he's still challenging her to uh, 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 this challenge that she doesn't even seem to know that she's been asked to take part in. Um, and yes. Uh, I mean, this is, I this got is a huge amount well, to say. It, on it's this. essentially it's quite a long drawn out story, a um, long drawn out affair. Yeah, a long drawn out affair uh, about these two challenging. Well, essentially, Alan challenging her, and the payoff is essentially that he started drowning and she saved him. There's one little uh, detail that I quite like, uh, where he says, "I slid back into the pool, creating barely a ripple." Footnote. Of all the disciplines involved in swimming, I am perhaps most adept at the getting in. <laughs> um, there are a couple of really nice passages I do like in this chapter, though. Uh, a few phrases like, um, hanging around the woman's changing room looks weird. And then he says, especially for a middle-aged broadcaster in the current climate. <laughs> um, he talks about uh, the gracefulness of his swimming. and But then I really love this phrase, my legs are going absolutely gangbusters. <laughs> yeah. um, He's not a good swimmer, essentially. Uh, him referencing forgetting to drink his egg smoothie, which just made me feel a bit ill. Stab. Yeah, but right. probably Would made Jed, ever... producer Jed feel quite aroused. Yeah. He loves an egg. Uh, the comment on the lifeguard busy sending a text, I thought, yeah, that seems quite... Uh, quite likely. And just calling Dawn his geriatric nemesis. And I think it's quite <laughs> nice how, by the end of the book that naming does change mm-hmm. yep dawn has got a, a little journey of her own to go on um so we're on to chapter four be prepared um he's skulking at the beginning of this chapter near a bar in a media haunt called the hospital club in central london now i believe all four of us at one point or another have been to have been. said club have been mm-hmm. uh, it's the rap party for series 38 of watchdog the bbc consumer rights show which i still think should have been called ombudsman <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I actually think Ombudsman's not a no, bad name for it. No, no, no. It suggests uh, an arbitrator that has authority to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> essentially. Yep. Okay. Thanks for the definition, then. Uh, would we like to talk a little bit about how he's managed to gain access to this uh, BBC event? Uh, it's because he's the plus one of BBC Breakfast, Bill Turnbull, um, who has taken Alan instead of his wife <laughs> because he provided a urine sample when bosses sprang a surprise medical on the team brilliant not to take this in uh, down a uh, sad route but uh, poor old Bill Turnbull's had to come off um, BBC now because he's uh, he's got prostate cancer oh yeah cool. so get well soon Bill yeah. this is obviously that makes this joke then. seem quite mean yeah, yeah. No, that's what I mean it's kind of like uh, that aside and obviously get well soon um, I do like the idea that he's the only one that's being given these um, tests like Susanna Reid is just you know broadcasting oh, yeah. without yeah. it it's just it's just Bill uh, picking up oh well, no it says, it says a surprise medical on the team he's not been singled out <laughs> <laughs> Yep, it does say that. Yeah, it really does. It really does um, say that. But Come yeah, on. I think what's good. No, it's fine. I think what's gold is his wife isn't happy about being bumped. She'd had her hair done and everything. Yeah. So see, Alan's really elbowed his way and been yeah, like, no, Bill, yeah. I have to come with you tonight. I mean, even the idea that she would have her hair done for basically a party for yeah. the 38th series of Watchdog. <laughs> well. Also, what was the, what had Bill done that his urine would have revealed? <laughs> yeah. STD? Left drug, drug uh, intake? What, what is it? I think the implication is probably drugs. Drugs? Drugs. A heavy mix of drug and drink. Uh, so the thrust of this me- this this whole scene is basically that Alan uh, can reacquaint himself with Harvey Kennedy, uh, the agent that he met uh, back at the uh, beginning of yeah. chapter one or two. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he believes that he's going to get a TV series around this walk that is brewing in his mind. Um, <laughs> Harvey says to him, eh, why not? Why not? 
uh, when Alan says, would broadcasters be keen on the concept? That's the solid confirmation Alan yeah. needs <laughs> yeah. to, to, to go ahead. Uh, I'll leave that with you. Alan shouts after him, so we know he never heard uh, that. Let you do your thing with the commissioners. Uh, yeah, very much the same sort of uh, weird linguistic twisting that uh, put Simon Heffer on the veranda back in uh, <laughs> Iron Man and Partridge. Um, and yeah, he basically, he, he takes that as it's a given that this is going to be a TV series. His head is exploding. He's Billy Big Head. I am such a big head. Um, oh, that's quite important, actually. Billy Big Head has a footnote to it. Uh, to be clear, this is not a reference to William Gabatas, the son of my late friend. Uh, Pete's legacy lives on here. Although he is referred to as Billy Big Head in and around Norwich, it's because it's in, in his case, it's because he has an unusually large head, an optical illusion caused by a thick, bushy hair, which fluffs up when he takes his motorbike helmet off in a hot pub. Whereas I'm Billy I Big Head. I love how specific that is. Because I'm feeling big headed. Um, yeah. Uh, another, a, a little, uh, a little slide dig at Trish Goddard as well. <laughs> he claims that uh, he he says guess he's big uh, guess he's back in the big time. She says fuck should, fuck should I know <laughs> the list of the list of people is brilliant. Oh, I love yeah. I love that this is obviously played out again in uh, this time with Alan Partridge where they they riffed on this joke as well. Uh, I do like that they kind of you know they're not above repeating jokes no. across multiple uh, formats, uh, dragging Trish Goddard, Jamie Thigston, and Delia Smith into yeah. the uh, into the bit. Uh, I didn't know Thigston was a Norwich or. Uh, East Anglian resident. Well, I, I, is it grounded in fact, or is it just well, reading this, off a list of I mean, celebs? The rest of them yeah. are. Like, this Trisha's yeah. from Norwich. Delia's from Norwich. Oh yeah. I mean, this Martin oh, Brundle. Oh, I see. Yeah, he does drive to visit choice friends, doesn't he? This isn't yeah. at the event anymore. Yeah. Maybe he's taken a special trip just Maybe. to catch Thigston. We've yeah. got Martin Brundle, Trish Goddard, Jamie Thigston, Delia Smith, but he doesn't have time for Neil Buchanan or Michaela Strachan. Well, and, and, <laughs> a commune. Yeah, crucially. Yeah, yeah. the commune no time to stop at Neil Buchanan's flat or Michaela Strachan's yeah. commune. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, and also Neil Buchanan can only afford a flat. Just yeah, saying. That's, yeah. that's the joke. Yeah. Brund- Brundle is from Kings Lynn in Norfolk, so I think they must that's... all be linked to the can, can we fact check Thigston? Thigston, right. Bear with. Live Googling. Here we go. Jamie How quickly can a man type? Thixton. He's really under quickly pressure here, here, listeners. He is from There's perspiration. Sussex. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderfully non-descript. It's a no. Yeah. Um, yeah but, but hang on, just because he's from Sussex, he could still live yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know. Yeah. I mean, this deserves a spin-off episode, if yeah. anything, isn't it? Yeah. It's Thigston from... Bonus Rome. content. Where in the world is Jamie Thigston? <laughs> should, we set up listen. A, should we set up a Patreon just for Jamie Thigston analysis? Yes. Yeah. Um, so he's back at North Norfolk Digital, uh, starting to work about out if he can get the time off to go on this walk. Uh, and then we get a little bit of intel about Beverly Baxton, uh, the anchor of the 7 till 9 slot. Uh, say, just before we get into uh, the peerless Beverly Baxton, just the, the thing I noticed going through this book on like the fourth time... He says, um, it's a matter I know I have to handle with gloves made from the skin of a baby goat. Now, there is a point later in the book when he talks about yew tree. I think it's in a footnote where um, he discusses that they were no longer allowed to use the phrase yes. kid gloves yeah. on air. In the paperback, that's the um, that's the footnote to this mention. Of oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, a, a Beverly Baxton has a higher profile, a larger pay packet, and tough to justify a better parking space. <laughs> that's than the one. Any he, other that's DJ. the thing he's annoyed about. Yeah. So annoyed. Um, and he says, with so many people demanding her attention, it's no surprise she can rarely find the time to put her dirty mugs in the dishwasher like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so bitter. 
that that's a thing that's second on the list of importance, isn't it? After yeah. the parking space. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's, a, there's a, an indication that his listeners are likely to have outlived at least one partner where he says, uh, the point is, if you listen to mid-morning radio, it's because you want to. It's because a certain DJ connects with you, often in a way you haven't experienced since the death of your late husband. So he knows he's very much talking to uh, widowers. And yeah. that's his audience. Um, and <laughs> listener figure update. Uh, he says, at the last count, there were over 3,000 people listening to his show. Does that mean he's got 3,001 people listening? Yes. Um, and uh, yes, he says, it's no surprise when his written request for time off is met with a swift rejection by station manager Greg Frampton. Sleep well, Greg. <laughs> As we remember from the, uh, I love from the, the bit, film. I love the bit when he writes about uh, Greg's, Greg's pasty lying prone on his desk. And I'll be honest, it stinks. <laughs> There's also a reference to United Farm and Animal Feed here, which is another... Uh, former sponsor that was referenced in Scissor Isle. So again, very consistent backstory here. Mm, presumably no longer a sponsor as he's happy to admit that they put chicken shit in their feed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, and there's more references to Greg's spinelessness. We know Greg is a coward from yep. uh, Alpha yeah. Papa, one of the few people that's actually worse than Alan. Yeah. Uh, he says, I like Greg and I'm very fond of his wife and young family, but that doesn't stop him being a truly spineless human being. <laughs> Although it's interesting to this means then that Greg has stayed on at North Norfolk Digital after the failed rebranding of Shape from the Alpha Papa. Oh cool. yeah, because obviously at the end of Alpha Papa, they've re- they've rebranded it all back to NND. Coward Greg do is still prosper. there. Yeah, they really do. So the next section opens. Good, 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 good morning, listeners. WTF? I sound like some sort of polite machine gun. Uh, Alan is basically about to break the news to his three thousand widowed listeners that he's taking some time off, and no one's really going to care, are they? <laughs> nope. Uh, he he hasn't been this nervous since the final day of the O two O three tax year when he'd had a bad few months and came perilously close to not being able to say he was a higher rate taxpayer. So I crunched the numbers on that. Uh, at that time, that would have meant he was close to earning under thirty seven thousand five hundred pounds a year. Well, over that means you're the high highest rate uh, at that point you would have had oh, to have been yeah. over that to, okay. to yeah to be a higher rate taxpayer i think we had to work this out before and so on mid-morning maths as well mm. because he is so obsessed about being in a certain tax bracket mm. isn't he um he gets annoyed with simon denton making jokes at his expense he says it really is incessant with this guy we're not even on air i can only assume his parents neglected him as a child and he's now stuck in an endless cycle of trying to win people's approval and i thought i'm not sure he's wrong there either i think that could be true about simon well, well, the thing about Simon is that he's uh, adopted, isn't it? And whenever he goes to tell Alan about that, Alan just cuts him off and doesn't listen. Oh, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah, there's there's some sadness in his eyes. <laughs> Forever playing the clown. Um, so, yes, he says... Uh, oh, yeah, he asked Simon to fill in. And like all sidekicks, he, Simon dreams of emerging from his master's shadow. I mean, master is a, a, a tall yeah. order there. Say what? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he's throwing that in as well. <laughs> I also enjoy the reference to um, Noel Edmonds, despite the fact that later on he insists on calling him Edmonds. Save it. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Simon has incredibly thin skin. Uh, but he says, Alan does provide at least one piece of praise, such as, you arrived on time today. Yeah. I mean, that's not praise. That's just a fact, isn't it? Yeah. You remember to use antiperspirant <laughs> instead of deodorant. You sat quietly at the back while I interviewed the guest. It's, oh. like when you, it's like when you give kids a sticker that's like, I was brave at the doctor's. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, but he, he then ranks Simon's comedy. He's got a hell of a lot of time for Simon Denton and genuinely believes that his ability to think up a pun at short notice puts him right up there with the very best of the Cambridge Footlights guys and not a million miles behind the people who write Christmas cracker jokes. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. Oh dear. Um, uh, yes, he then says that he'll. Uh, Simon will most likely never get the extra airtime he craves. Uh, in this case, Alan's put on the whole of Queen's seminal album, Jazz. I've uh, got a couple of jazz facts for you here. That album has sold 5 million copies. Uh, wow. It went to number two in the UK. 
Um, it was promoted by a bike race with nude women uh, promoted to, set up to promote the fat bottom girls. Fat bottom girls? Yeah. A different time. It, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. it, it, it can, was fine it, back imagine then. Imagine being a marketing manager then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, got an idea. I can tell you that it wasn't <laughs> fine back then uh, because a Rolling Stone review of the album. <laughs> Here we go. A Rolling Stone review of this album called Queen, and I quote, the first truly fascist rock band. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but it does contain Queen's best song, Don't Stop Me Now. Alan says, uh, in this case, I've put on the whole of Queen's seminal album jazz. Um, Adam, have you got details on how long it is? I don't know. What's the running time of Has this Has anyone thing? got that? Uh, well, I've looked it up. Um, so released on November the 10th, 1978, the album consists of 13 songs and is 44 minutes long. Oh, okay. <laughs> Epic. That's that's like 30% of the whole show. Yeah. yeah. Presumably leaves the gaps in between as well. What, <laughs> yeah. a, what a professional. What, what a, a deal, but... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, his nerves need quashing. Thankfully, he knows exactly what to do and heads to the disabled toilet to centre <laughs> himself with some mindfulness techniques and half a bottle of white wine. He does love using the disabled facilities, doesn't he? Yeah, Whether he it's really car does, parking, yeah. space or toilet. Yeah. Um, Camera light. Can we just get back a little? I like uh, the detail that Alan emails Simon each evening at 11 pm with a full breakdown of his performance <laughs> on that day's show. Really nice touch. Very thorough. Um, yes, so then he's uh, he's walking around the radio station basically just uh, trying to uh, excite everyone about his future walk. Um, he says that uh, he's talking to Beverly Baxton, explains that Greg would do well to show him more respect, as would everyone, and that he's got a good mind to sack this job off entirely and focus on my TV work. What TV work, she asks, and I slide her one of my business cards without even looking. It's a cool move and no mistake. <laughs> Uh, I think it's worth mentioning the messages of support that he gets uh, that morning as well, which include, good luck, Alan, take as long as you need, don't hurry back, Alan, and will Wally Banterby filling in, he's great. Uh, a lot of parts of this book where he's addressing the reader, it's almost like he's doing a forward solutions motivational talk. He says, yeah. uh, talking about his plans also provoke darker feelings. Ever heard of the green-eyed monster? Yes, a few nods of recognition there, he says <laughs> yeah. to the reader. <laughs> Um, also, in, uh, in, t- in terms of the messages of support he's getting, um, Alan says, whenever I, whatever I hear these people mumble about me as I pass them in the corridor, the term sad prick seems to be the most popular. <laughs> Uh, he tries to make the walk seem more noble by talking about his friend and voiceover artist John Maber who would love to walk anywhere let alone to Dungeness but a recent car crash for which I'm afraid John was entirely to blame has put paid to his spine John now lives lives in a wheelchair um, and he then starts talking about the size of his balls for a couple of paragraphs says that, uh, if, his, uh, if his real balls were as big as metaphorical ones he'd have to see out his days in a care home for the clinically big bald <laughs> We've lost him. We've lost him. Oh, yeah. A follow up to the bit where he says the term sad prick seems to be the most popular. He says he's not about to hold a grudge. In fact, and I'm going to surprise you here, I actually forgive you. Whoa, what a surprise. Amazing. Oh, no, but then there's a detail a little bit later where he says, I have to admit that some of the happiest times of my life have been as a result of getting someone back. Oh, yeah. Pushing them at a urinal, probably. Yes. Or one of the uh, options he gives is that ordering, he he orders 60 Littlewoods catalogues to be delivered to the place where they live, (laughs) where their partner lives, where their children live, and you can seriously shake them up. Uh, Now, the thing about Littlewoods catalogues, I just want to um, dwell on this slightly. That is a gag that me and my friends used to do to each other back in, well, I guess the 90s, where you could just you could just phone up and kind of give an address and then people would be signed up to the catalogue. So you do that as a gag with like all these mail order catalogues yeah, arriving yeah. at the house. I mean, what's um, going on? Yeah. When climate change wasn't a thing, yeah. you could just willingly send <laughs> thousands of pieces yeah. of paper to people's houses. Yeah, Sad, sadly, fun. in the research for this podcast, when I try to do that gag, I find that Littlewoods don't do physical catalogues. So instead yeah. I've just signed you all up to their mailing list. <laughs> right. oh. <laughs> do enjoy. <laughs> Isn't it... Is, is it just what a website now yeah it's just a website now I think 
I'm going to take I'm going to take a choice line from uh, the penultimate and the last paragraph of this section. Uh, from the penultimate, it says, uh, "My longing for revenge, much like the foreskin of an adult Jew, simply isn't there anymore." And then the line I take from the final one is, "Because, needless to say, I'll have the last <laughs> laugh." So, absolutely contradictory. Yeah. And I think there are two uses of the last laugh line in this book. Yes, yep. there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think the key line that I had from this chapter was: "It's not really about getting a TV series; it's about honouring Dad." And I can't emphasise that enough. Footnote for me: lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a slightly confused phone call um, where he gets through to Harvey Kennedy's assistant, and she gets com- or he gets confused about which question yeah. his, she's answering. Basically, it's just a device to uh, allow us to string him along a bit longer, thinking he's going to get a TV yeah. series out of this. Um, and yeah, that brings us to the end of chapter four and the first section of the book that we'll be covering uh, and more or less the end of today's episode. But uh, just a couple of things to round off. Uh, firstly, I've got another little quiz here for you. It's, Ooh, a higher, it's a higher or lower quiz based on Google Trends. You remember back mm. at the very beginning of this quite long episode, uh, we talked about the uh, poem that Alan uh, put at the start of the book where yes. he basically mm. describes different forms of motion. I'm going to run through those forms <laughs> of motion and I want you to tell me if the one I'm saying uh, was higher or lower worldwide popularity on Google over the last 12 months than the one that came before so this it. is basically our new regular feature a partridge amongst pixels yes exactly yeah. that so the way this works i'm going to go through the terms alan uses for forward motion um and we need to you need to tell me on google trends uh worldwide last 12 months if the one i'm reading out uh, is higher or lower in popularity than the one that came before like you all to give separate answers uh, and as soon as one of, you, one of you gets something wrong you'll be locked out for the remainder of the it's quiz it's an elimination question. Like can it. anyone make it to the end fresh so twist the first word is walk i want to know if this next word is higher or lower trek now would that include Star Trek. I mean, well, it's, yeah, it's, the, word, the, it's the word Trek. The okay, so I'm going higher then. I'm going to go lower. I'm going lower. Uh, it is lower. Stob is frozen out. It's now Straight between out. Nick and Tom Straight Stab. out. Uh, higher or lower than Trek, the word hike. Uh, lower. Higher. Ooh. Tom Dark is out. Ah. Oh. Am I the winner? Yeah. Uh, you're the, you're, uh, well, keep no, going. Yeah, you might, you might still might not make it to the end. Higher or lower than hike, the word yomp. Lower. <laughs> Correct. Higher or lower than yomp, amble. Higher. Correct. Higher or lower than amble, ramble. Higher. Correct. Higher or lower than ramble, womble. Lower. Correct. Oh. Higher or lower than womble, wander. Yeah, higher. Correct. Oh, higher, <laughs> higher or lower than Wanda, Slither. Lower. Incorrect. Oh! Slither is higher how far than Wanda. How, yeah, how many more? Oh, we're about halfway through. <laughs> oh, okay. Great, great. Just to quickly run through the rest of those, uh, Hither is lower than Slither. Thither is lower than Hither. <laughs> March is higher than Thither. Mince is lower than March. Trudge is lower than Mince. Trapes is lower than Trudge. Stroll is higher than Trapes. Stride is higher than Stroll. Stomp is higher than Stride. And Stop is higher than Stomp. What I would say to that is get Darren Day hosted that and you've basically got a uh, show that's perfect for uh, the mid-afternoon. My mum and dad, that's commissioned. My mum yeah. and dad saw Darren Day the other day. Really? How yeah. is he? Uh, on a cruise ship. Oh, that's great. how he is. Great. <laughs> uh, so if you've got any feedback about Nomad or 
or uh, or questions or thoughts on Partridge as a whole, please do get in touch with us and don't forget to send us those pictures of Quaddy attacking Nick. <laughs> <laughs> the email is thepartridgepod at gmail.com, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, twitter at thepartridgepod, instagram at monkey tennis pod, and there's a monkey tennis hotline. If you're going to call that, please do try and leave us a WhatsApp voice note for better audio quality and a higher chance of featuring on a future episode. The number for that is 07923 600 We'll be back looking at more than my fair share footsteps of my father walk eve and my route in uh, next week's episode from all of us at monkey tennis the alan partridge fan podcast thank you so much for listening please do rate and subscribe on itunes thanks and goodbye goodbye very thank you for god's sake remember your sandwiches i must complete the journey that my father never could i must do it on foot can't remember why it will be called the footsteps of my father walk my home isn't insulated. Monkey tennis? Heathrow is just an absolute tit of an airport. Quite simply, cows. Monkey tennis? With a stupid Ewok head. Lobber on him, Nolsey. Love you, Aim. Monkey tennis? A total wazzock of a guy. Infinity, the final frontier. Monkey tennis? We will talk about it now, Mr. Nichols. Monkey tennis? Motherfucker. Gary Wilmot. Okay. Sue Cook. Okay. Dale Winton. Okay. Monkey tennis? Oh, fuck off, Nick. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.